If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know, but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About. Today, let's talk about mental health in a pandemic with Megan Gallagher. At just 25 years old, Megan is a two-time TED Talk speaker, a three-time best-selling author, motivational speaker, and host on a mission to change the way we discuss real life with young people. Megan struggled with anxiety and body image issues from an early age, but despite these challenges, loves being on stage and has spoken at over 750 colleges across the country. She just finished working on a mental health video series with Olympic snowboarder Jake Patz, created a wellness fitness video series with Sports Illustrated swim cover model Kate Bach, and has a new book out in April titled How to Thrive in the Virtual Classroom. Megan, you're one busy lady. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. It's a nice a nice way to be spending the afternoon. So I, a really timely conversation, I think, as we approach or we're actually in the year mark of the pandemic and want to just recognize, you know, today we're going to talk about specifically about mental health through the lens of young people in a pandemic. It's obviously mental health is a really broad topic. So we're kind of narrowing in on that today. And we like to start by asking people, you know, what got you sort of talking? about this topic. I know you struggled with anxiety when you were a bit younger. So yeah, I would love to hear how it came to be in this arena. Yes. So I mean, first of all, I am so excited to be here. I Anytime I get to talk about my favorite topic, which is mental health. Um, and some people actually think it's funny because my name is Megan. So it's like M-M-M. So I am. Um, <laughs> I but, love that. <laughs> yes. Um, so it really works for trademarking. I would say My love for mental health and just having those conversations and really inspiring other people, um, it truly came from my own experience. I remember when I was, I would say, 13 years old, I experienced my first panic attack and I remember it like it was yesterday. And I will never forget how it made me feel. And I remember you know, sitting in my eighth grade classroom in middle school. And I just 
will never forget the roller coaster of what it felt like. Just, you know, at first I was just kind of daydreaming, staring out the window in math class, which I do not recommend. <laughs> but I was just thinking about, you know, I don't even know, daydreaming about going to Hawaii or something. And then I all of a sudden felt my stomach churning and I felt sweaty. And I was like, did my teacher just turn up the heater? Like, what is going on? And I just, all of a sudden the room kind of started spinning and I felt so uncomfortable. And I immediately was like, I need to get out of here. Whoa. Like I just was like that awful, get out of your own skin feeling. And so I raised my hand and I was like, Mr. So-and-so, can I go to the bathroom please? And he's like, sure. Gave me the hall pass. And I literally sprinted to the um, girl's bathroom. And I remember just going into a stall and kind of just like staring at the ground. And I just kind of, you know, waited it out and it passed eventually. But I, w I remember being so confused and I was like, what was that? Because I have, I've never felt that I couldn't put a name on it. So I just called it an episode. And I was like, well, my heart started hurting and all these things. And I did not know what was going on. And then the next day, literally like clockwork, same class, same time of day. I think it was like 10 in the morning in my, um, in my middle school, we, our classes were called period. So it was second period. And we were just talking about a similar topic. And then like the same thing where my heart started hurting. And I was like, no way this is happening again. And I felt so embarrassed, but I asked my teacher, I was like, this, per this teacher is going to think I'm insane. But I, I, was, I was like, can I please go to the restroom? And he was like, okay, didn't you? Uh, okay. And this is also kind of two months into eighth grade. So I was like, this is not the way to, you know, look cute or to make friends or anything like that. And I did the same thing, went into the bathroom stall and kind of waited about four or five minutes. And it, it was just so bizarre. And I remember that moment, like it was yesterday and from that point on, that kind of started my journey of, you know, dealing with anxiety and getting to know myself, seeking therapy and really understanding who I was at such a young age, which now looking back at 25, I'm like, that was the biggest blessing ever because I really did. I did so many years of therapy and all these very just things that are such blessings that not everyone has access to. So now I really view it as, wow, I like how lucky am I? Mm -hmm. It's funny, even just you listening to you have speaking on different podcasts and your different talks and things as you were talking about that experience, <laughs> it even made me recognize I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I was feeling. Yeah. You know, like that's what it was. So even just you describing it, I feel like in putting a name to what that was, you're like, oh, it clicks, right? And mm -hmm. I think we're seeing like mental health issues almost become younger and younger. And I, I'm curious, is that because we're more aware now? Like there's people like you out there that are talking about it or is it environment-based? And I, I know there's a lot to do with social media that I think we'll get into too, but yeah. do you have an opinion? Like, is it, is it the awareness environment? Is it both? I honestly think it's a mixture of both. Number one, I think the world we live in today and maybe, you know, just putting COVID aside for a second, but the world we live in today 
the amount of apps on your iPhone you can get, the amount of just, it's so like tech fast paced. There's just so many kind of overwhelming and stimulating. Stimulation, yeah. You can have like your groceries delivered in five seconds and you can get anything delivered overnight. Boom, boom, boom. Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think number one, just the world that we live in and at like how fast gadgets and gizmos are being made every single day is so insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think too, just, I think it is the amount of open conversations that are happening. It's allowing the younger generation to kind of do a symptom check themselves. You know, if they're at home watching a Ted talk or watching um, a podcast interview, because all those are so popular nowadays, you know, it's like, just, it's so, it's so easy for them to kind of sit there and think, wait, you know, what, what she's saying and how she's describing it. That's how I was feeling yesterday, or that's how I feel at night, you know, when I'm scrolling on my phone. And I I think it allows people of all ages, but specifically- Gen Z and millennials, I think it allows them to sit and kind of check in with themselves and think, Mm -hmm. oh, wait, so what I'm feeling is not weird. And it's actually like a real thing. It's not just totally me being a teenager or something. Yeah. Or something like, I know when, when I was having it, I was getting really dizzy. And so I went to the doctor for dizziness and, you know, they were, but they were trying to diagnose a bunch of other different things. None of it really in reality, looking back, it was likely anxiety, right? But you're, so you can put that name to it, which I think is such, uh, such a, um, a great thing to be able to do for each of us to pinpoint what, what it maybe was. And I mean, I think one of the biggest difference from an environmental perspective, I know you talk about this a lot is social media and I can't imagine being a teenager right now. I mean, I was my first getting social media. I was in just like finishing high school, going into college was my first experience with Facebook. And I had to get it for a project, a school project, actually. So what, what impact does that have though on, on teens today? And even into your twenties and even like twenties and thirties and beyond, right? Like what, what does that do to us? (laughs) I mean, it's so, the like scientifically proven just statistics and data surrounding social media and how it can almost, you know, comparing it to, let's say there's a teenager who is doing drugs or drinking caffeine and how that can kind of stunt your brain development or you, you know, physically growing taller. It's almost like that where social media, when you are a teenager, a guy or a girl does not matter, your brain is still developing, you know, as a teenager, you're making so many life choices and your hormones and your brain is forming all of these just internal system loops and absorbing so much information and you're creating who you are, what, you know, makes Megan, Megan, you know, social media, it just does, it really, it has its pros, but it also causes so much comparison and so much, you know, fear of missing out and not feeling good enough. And the unfortunate thing is that you can wake up feeling amazing. And let's say you had a great morning and then, you know, you worked out and then you're checking your work emails and you're like, Oh, I I'm going to go on Facebook for a few minutes or I'm going to, you know, just scroll for a few seconds. 
And then you can see one picture of a girl or a guy or something. And all of a sudden you notice all these negative thoughts start coming in of, oh, she's pretty. Oh, and then it kind of goes more and more and more. And your brain Mm. is firing off all of these, you know, assumptions and jumping to conclusions and trying to problem solve of why does she have that many likes and why does her house look like that? But at the end of the day, that's one, not our responsibility. And two, it's not our problem to solve. So I think social media is triggering for a lot of people, but specifically teenagers, because at that age, you are finding out who you are, you're growing into yourself. So Mm -hmm. for you to, you know, be scrolling and trying to figure out who you are and trying to love yourself. But then, you know, all these people, you think they're doing better than you are, or all of a sudden you start second guessing your own life. And oh gosh, that just creates so much insecurity and it really just lowers your Mm self-esteem. It's like, if you were ready, you know, you think back pre-social media, if you didn't see the party that was going on, you still felt bad the next day at school, oh right? Imagine <laughs> now you're watching it. Imagine seeing it on Snapchat. You know, you're going yeah. to bed and you're like, oh my gosh, this is such a great Friday night. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, um, wow, I regret feeling good. Or yeah. I regret, you know, um, allowing myself to have a night of rest. Like whatever yeah. it is, it, it just creates a lot of second guessing, confusion, insecurity, a lot of... Um, just doubt in yourself and your choices and kind of, I think, but yeah, you know, comparing it, like what I said, comparing it to the, you know, like if a teenager, not the best example, but if they're, you know, doing drugs or drinking caffeine or something that can stunt your physical mental growth. I think social media does something similar where it just can kind of stunt your development into your best potential. I think it just creates so many just, you know, kind of, I don't know, gaps in your, yeah, best potential. And I like what you say too, like, does it, does it make you feel better about yourself? Do you know what I mean? Like just going on, cause I think we're all, you know, in the morning, that's probably one of the first things I look at and it could really affect sometimes how the rest of the day goes, depending on what you see. Right. Yeah. And I think that is one thing that I preach wherever I'm speaking or even to myself because I'm still a human being. I have those days where I'm like, oh, it's Sunday. It's a holiday. It's my birthday. It's so-and-so. And And a part of me wants to, you know, right when I wake up, I want to start scrolling or maybe there's something going on in my life, like a breakup or something in my personal life where I kind of, you know, want to wallow in something and I want to feel worse because to me, scrolling on social media is going to make me feel worse. So I have to remember in those moments, right when I wake up, it's like, wait, I want to feel better. I don't want to feel worse. So I'm going to actively make the choice and I'm going to put my phone down because right when you wake up, those are precious moments where you can set the tone for your day. So I really don't want to you know, waste this day and setting it on the tone of, oh, I'm missing out. I'm not good enough. I should lose 20 pounds. I should, any of that stuff is just not healthy. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, we we were just talking about social media, but mental health is really affected by everything we do, sleep, eat, et cetera. And what are, so what are some of those, what does the research show around that? Is it not, you know, you mentioned getting up in the morning. Is it instead of looking on Instagram, is it a five minute meditation? What does that look like? 
So the studies have shown, and I've been researching this too, as we're entering the almost one year in COVID, which is crazy. Studies have shown that when you do scroll on social media in the morning, or when you, when your hours of screen time are higher than two and a half hours every single day, if it's more than that, if it's three, three and a half, four, five, six, studies have shown that you are just two, like two times more likely to develop a mental health related issue. You are two times more likely to develop anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. And it's just, it's 100% likely to affect your self-esteem and the way that you view yourself and your perception of reality. And that can also go back to body image, body dysmorphia, eating disorders. It can go back to, um, just overall your well-being as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I didn't, and I, I've been tracking my time. I've been on for like seven hours a day. Yeah. No, it's something oh it's crazy. I've had those moments too. I've had those moments where I, you know, it's for work or I, you know, cause I also yeah. I think social media has, yeah. has its downsides, but I also, you know, I use it for my business and Instagram is where I get 85% of my clients and customers. So I can't talk too much negativity about it because it does serve me and my business in some way. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, for everyone's mental well-being, it's just important to be mindful when you are scrolling for me, that is something I really try to, you know, kind of pull back the reins on. I try to remember, okay, So am I scrolling because I'm hungry, tired, bored, missing somebody? I'm lonely. It's nighttime. Like just trying to be mindful about, you know, what is going on in my real life that is causing me to do this. And it's similar to, you know, people who love to online shop for hours or do anything in excess. You have to pause and think, is there something going on in my life currently that is causing me to, you know, feel like I have to fill this void with likes, with followers, with clothing, whatever it is. And this is not in a way to judge yourself, but I think it's important in life just to be mindful and maybe to, for five seconds, step out of your body and go into a bird eye perspective, you know, having those moments of, okay, you know, maybe I could be doing better or maybe I could just find a healthier outlet or be more mindful of what is a healthy habit versus unhealthy habit. Mm -hmm. And what are some of those other healthy habits besides the social media? Like, what are some of those? So I would say the healthy habits are truly number one, I think sleep, I think eating healthy, getting outside, exercising, having really good morning routines, nighttime routines. And I think a really important one that a lot of people can overthink is just listening to your body. Um, I, I really am a strong advocate for trusting your gut feeling and being connected with your emotions on a daily basis. And I really think that our body talks to us all the time, you know, whether our stomach starts growling and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry or I'm thirsty or just, we get all of these kind of, you know, pings and alerts all the time. Like your phone, you get a text dings. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to remember, just listen to your body because our bodies are so smart. So 
if you feel like intuitively, intuitively, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I, I feel like I need more sleep. I feel like I should take a nap. I feel like I want to read a book. I think it's just important just to go with those feelings rather yeah. than, you know, having your, yeah. having your ego think, no, but I, you know, have to work 50 hours a day because that's gonna, you know, all these things in the long run, we have to remember that we are still just a human being. And it's important to, you know, listen to your body because our bodies do so much for us. So I think, you know, it's important to be kind to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I would say like the last year, I mean, we've been inside a lot. And so it's a bit, a little quieter that you can almost listen to. I mean, I found it, I found it easier to listen to myself a bit more, but what kind of effect, you know, has this had on us from a mental health perspective now that we're, we're in it, been in it for a year now? Yes. So it really, has just done a number on everyone specifically, I would say, I mean, all ages, all, you know, genders and everything, but I think 100% teenagers and young adults in the virtual classroom, um, as well as millennials and people of all ages in the virtual workspace, I think it has truly made such a long lasting effect on everyone's mental well-being. And we all as human beings, you know, we are not physically and mentally meant to be indoors for this long, you know, period of a time. We're not really meant for that, but I think our minds are so powerful that we can make it through these moments. Um, but truly, I really think in my own experience, being a coach for teenagers, and I work with young adults all the time, I have seen the effects where almost all of them have developed anxiety. They've developed anticipatory anxiety over the fear of what if COVID never ends? What if we never get out of this? What if, you know, it like just the what if, what if, what if the worrying that they never get to go back to regular school. And also almost every single one of them, um, if not all, they've all developed a form of depression. Some have developed severe manic depression while others have just battled some negative thoughts throughout the day. But I really think um, just the anticipatory anxiety, which I actually, crazy enough, I that was the type of anxiety I had when I was younger. Basically, it just means that your mind is anticipating what, you know, all of these negative things are going to happen. So it's really, you know, a fear of not being in control. It's a fear of not being able to control something. Is it, isn't it a cognitive block called like fortune telling or something like that as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is. Yeah. And I think you're, it's interesting hearing, you know, the people that you see that they, it's usually a mix of anxiety and depression right now. And I would imagine all of us are feeling a little bit, yeah. a little bit on the spectrum of depression, like whether it's light depression or heavier. And that's where I think, you know, you talked about routine. It seems like that's a helpful thing in, in, in media, at least if it's light depression, but to try to kind of go day by day and touching on some of those things like the fresh air, water, sleep, yeah. um, being so important to that. Yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, and you mentioned your book, though, coming out in April. Very exciting. Yeah, looking forward to that. And about being the virtual classroom, right, and the, the setting of the virtual classroom. And I know all of us have been working from home, school from home, whatever, every, all of the things from home. But how do we set, you know, when, when we are doing all this from home, there's almost no separation in our days. And so I... I always come back to with that, like boundaries. So what does, how can we set those boundaries in our day? And what does that look like? So I, I think number one, it's just really remembering. And sometimes this can, you know, take a lot for a lot of people and not everyone I think has like the inner mental strength to do this, but you can teach yourself anything and you can train your brain. Like our brains are so you know, just flexible all the time. But I really think it's number one, remembering that everything is a choice, you know, your thoughts, your actions, it's all a choice. So at the end of the day, I think you have to decide and make that choice that you want to feel better and that you deserve to feel better. And that every single day, it's all a choice, right? When you wake up, you can say, today I am choosing to feel good. And if saying that out loud or in your head or writing it on your iPhone or in a notebook, that will literally, your brain will tell your body, oh, okay, so today's a good day. And we're, you know, gonna get out of the pity party or whatever it is and really just think, you know what, regardless if, and this is not me being insensitive to COVID and the effects, but I think this just time in our life can really teach us that we shape our reality and it really does not matter what season of life you're in or how old you are or where you live, your happiness is a choice and your feelings and emotions and your actions are all a choice. So I would say number one is to really remember it's a choice. You get to choose. And number two, it's treating every single day as if, you know, COVID never happened. Like <laughs> treating every single day, like you are still in your office, you're seeing your friends, all of that stuff. Even if it seems cheesy, I think it's just 
kind of tricking your brain into believing, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to wake up at the same time every morning, five or six, we're going to do our, you know, uh, warm water with lemon, our cold plunge, our meditation, our healthy breakfast, instead of thinking, oh, I can press snooze one more time or, oh, it's COVID. Oh no, because then you're going to go down that habit. So you want to keep yourself in the place of knowing Nope. It's like, you know, we're still going to get dressed. We're going to do our hair. We're going to do our makeup. We're going to just treat every single day as if still, you know, we still have stuff to get done because the more that you stay productive and just on a schedule and managing your time and having calendars, it will literally make you feel, oh gosh, no, like we, it, it just, you will see that your body's like, oh wow, I know I knew I need to be productive today. And it kind of pulls you out of a funk. <laughs> yeah. You took the word out of my mouth because I find, and maybe this is a personal thing, but yeah. when I'm productive, I forget. I don't want to say forget about the pandemic, but it doesn't feel to hit me as much. And there's another thing that you said that I really kind of gravitated towards is that I've read an article that you can basically, like you basically have whatever you tell your brain, your brain believes, right? And so if you're telling your brain, this is okay, or finding joy in maybe smaller moments that wouldn't always have joy. So like today, the joy for me is going to be, I'm picking up this really great dinner, right? And yeah. so telling my brain that that is just as exciting, yeah. <laughs> just as trickery, but as going on a vacation with, with friends, it does your emotions kind of, you can control those a little bit by telling your brain that's really interesting. It does. I've, I've tried it here and there. It doesn't always work, um, but it does a lot of the time. Actually, I was surprised at how often it does work. Yes, it really does. And also to kind of like add on to what you said, I think people can sometimes overlook the importance and how it really affects your mood when you have an organized space, whether it's an apartment, a house, um, you have roommates, you live by yourself, just, you know, doing your laundry, folding your clothes, like, you know, using this time, cause it's all a choice. Once again, there's no one, you know, to blame or to be like, Oh, poor me. It's, you know, really using this time, organize your pantry, organize your fridge. Why not improve your life with the time given? And so I really think, you know, people can really overlook and forget sometimes just how much, you know, being organized and just very like managing your time, how much it can really make you feel more confident. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, the book is called How to Thrive in the Virtual Classroom. So is there anything from the classroom perspective that maybe the Gen Zers listening can kind of take note of? Yes. So this book, I am so excited for it to come out. It's been such a, it's writing a book is such a fun process. It's so therapeutic and cathartic and it's just a very you know, it's almost like a pregnancy in a really weird way. It's just I've heard that a lot. Yeah. yeah you know, writing or raising a child from the early stages, you know, you want to see your child, your book, whatever it is, you want to see it succeed and take its first steps and learn how to ride a bike and all these things. So for me, you know, seeing it from the early stages in February of 2020 to now in April of 2021, almost the same time period as COVID one year anniversary, you know, it's just really, it's so magical. And I feel so grateful because this workbook 
is truly inspired by the teenagers that I work with on a daily basis. And although it's anonymous and, you know, I'm not revealing anything too crazy, it's really derived from their real feelings of feeling as if the rug was pulled out from under them and feeling as if they will never get to experience prom, graduation, homecoming, all of these moments that kind of are really precious and they really, you know, shape you into who you are. And I, you know, it's, it's devastating, but I also think there is such a power in for the teenagers and Gen Z to know that they are not alone if they are in middle school, high school or college and um, to know that they're not alone and that they can come together and form this community where they can share their frustrations and they can have a healthy outlet and they can know that, hey, you know, I, today I feel really pissed off and I feel angry just to have that healthy expression. And so I actually formed this um, weekly Zoom group where it's kind of like a book club where okay. I I get together with 50 teenagers over Zoom and every single Monday we talk about life and I kind of, you know, moderate it, but it's just, they all talk about their feelings and it's such a cool experience. So, you know, I really think, you know, I just remind them that this too shall pass and how you handle this situation you can only grow from it and you can only become stronger and more motivated. So I really want to remind them that, um, you know, there is power in this moment and there's power in realizing what is in your control and what is out of your control. Because for a lot of people, the main form of anxiety is when you are focusing on things that are out of your control, like the government or the president or COVID. That's, you know, we all individually can wash our hands and, you know, do things, but there's so many factors that are out of our control. And when you get too, you know, big and think too big, it can make you feel anxious. So shrinking it back down, focusing on how you can feel better, like eating a healthy meal or, you know, scrolling on your phone less or getting enough sleep, that's actually going to shift your focus and you will feel less anxious. I love that you're doing those weekly support groups. I feel like peer support is such a, a helpful thing in coping with, I mean, yeah. a variety of different issues, but that's amazing. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's awesome. So we like to, I know we're coming to the end of our time here. And usually what we like to do is kind of now that we've talked about it. So we've talked about, you know, mental health, anxiety in a pandemic, what are some kind of actions that we can take? So you, you kind of just touched on that a little bit from the self-care perspective. So anything else to add to that piece of it or I would say for, I would say number one, um, just being in the present moment. I know it can sound cheesy and I know a lot of people say it and some people are like, what does that even mean? <laughs> but I think just practice because everything, you know, our minds can go back to old patterns or old, you know, things. So to me, remembering, you know, if I've been thinking a certain way, for 10 years. And then all of a sudden I want to, you know, think more positively, or I want to practice being in the present moment, you know, your mind is going to be like, wait, whoa, like kind of, you know, you've been thinking clock clockwise yeah. and then counterclockwise and your mind's like, wait, whoa, something new, what's going on? Hold up. You're cause our minds, you know, we're creatures of habit. So I think it can be foreign at first and our minds can freak out, but when you remember that there is a power in being in the present moment, because when you think about it in the present moment, 
there is 99% of the time, there's nothing actually going wrong. It's just, it's just <laughs> that's mind. a really good point. Yeah. You know, there's typically 99% of the time, but sometimes, you know, you could be in the Amazon jungle and there's a tiger literally chasing right. you. That's something. That's the 1%. <laughs> That's the 1% that's safe for another time. Typically 99% of the time, there's nothing actually going wrong in the present moment. It's just our minds jump to the future and worry, or they jump to the past, but it's like, tell your mind, Hey, today we're not jumping to anywhere. It's just right now in this moment. This is really the only thing, number one, that I can control. But number two, it's the only thing that's really real because I don't know what's going to happen in an hour. I mean, I may have an appointment for something, but I, I don't know how it's going to go. You know, I can't control that. So telling our minds present moment would be number one. Um, number two is really making healthy choices. Even when you, you know, are just kind of down in the dumps or maybe it wasn't a great day or just you felt off and you didn't really have a good productive day. It's remembering there is a power in choosing again. So I, you know, I say, I call it choosing again because, you know, someone maybe can leave a mean comment on your Instagram page or something. And then a part of you may want to make, you know, a unhealthy choice because you maybe are feeling sad or something. And you're like, oh, today's going to be, you know, not good because that person left a comment. So I'm going to go you know, um, stay up late or I'm not going right. to get it's done. a ripple effect. Yeah. So yeah. It's, re- it's remembering kind of pulling it back in and saying, Hey, I want to choose again. So that was out of my control or I was not expecting that, or that was not something that I was anticipating. So I'm going to actually, you know, not continue down that path. I'm going to stop like a fork in the road. I'm going to go down the better path again, and I'm going to choose to eat a healthy meal. And I'm going to choose again because the world we live in social media or in real life, you know, stuff happens. People can cut you off in traffic. You know, maybe your roommate threw out your favorite something, or just there's certain things that can happen. So it's important to remember you yourself, you can always choose again. And that's how you take your power back. Every time you say, I want to choose again, because that was weird, but we're going to let that one go because it's not worth my time. So I would say for sure, being present in the moment, choosing again. And then number three is keeping your space organized, like managing your time and also acting as if, and kind of tricking your brain, even if it feels weird, tricking your brain into believing no, I'm in a real office space. Like tomorrow I'm going to just getting excited again and treating, yeah. treating this time as if, you know, it's important and everything matters. So getting organized, staying clean, just really improving your life, um, I think is important. I love the choosing again. I feel like you need to make like, like posters of that. <laughs> I need a picture of that. <laughs> I will. Like I think choosing again, the choose again method, it's something my therapist in high school taught me and it has a lot to do with your thoughts. So also it can, you know, if you are thinking negative thoughts, you can put that same thing towards your thoughts. You can say, actually let's choose again. Um, it's also called, called positive thought replacement. Okay. So, 
anytime you have a negative thought, you want to like flip it over. Like you're flipping pancakes and be like, "Eh, actually, what is a positive replacement thought? So anything that. that starts with like, you know, what if COVID never ends or what if, Mm -hmm. what if my anxiety never goes away? Well, guess what? By you thinking that it's never going to go away because your your body, your mind is like telling your body, every thought is like powering your body. So if your mind's like, what if I always feel anxious? And what if I always do all these things? Your body's like, oh, okay. Then we're always going to feel anxious. So you have to choose again and say, no, today's going to be a really good day. And I'm going to feel amazing. And then the more you tell yourself that even if it's for like two hours straight, you will notice that your body is going to start to feel good. Mm -hmm. It's like that repetitive mantra thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Telling yourself. And sometimes you feel weird, but remember it's all in your head. So no one. Yeah. Can hear it. <laughs> it's funny. I do it all the time. And at first it does feel weird or mirror, mirror therapy as well. It feels weird, but then it really starts to feel good. Like it, it you notice a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I would say just to add on really quickly, number yeah. four, um, it would be to set yourself up for success. So meaning we are in a pandemic. Things are limited regardless of what state you live in. Um, but setting yourself up for success. So I would say number one is knowing yourself and knowing, do you need a therapist? Like what do you need in order to perform at your best level? So for a lot of people, and I did this when I was younger, I used to wait. I would wait until I like felt like I was a teapot about to burst. Like I would not ask for help. I wouldn't share my feelings with anyone. So it's important to remember, do not wait until things get really bad. Like set yourself up for success. So remember, okay, um, maybe I, you know, there's a therapist that can do weekly sessions over Zoom, or maybe there is just setting yourself up for like, legit success. And however that looks for you, just being your own advocate. Cause I think a lot of people can do that. You know, they wait until a disaster happens and then you're, they're like, wait, uh, <laughs> whoa, you want to, you know, you find your resources, schedule appointments, do whatever you need to do for the next month, two months, three months, and then you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. You are like such a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. I feel you're like so nodding the whole time. And it's like, all these pieces are kind of clicking for me. So I think this is such, I really appreciate you being here and chatting with us about this, such a important topic for sure. And where can we find more about you? Yes. So I am kind of everywhere. I have my website, which is meganwgallagher.com. And that's where I have my books. I have my contact information. So if you are working at a middle school, high school, or college, I have all of my, the correct emails and phone numbers for inquiring about me coming to speak. I also do one-on-one coaching with teenagers. And I also have, I blog weekly. I have my YouTube videos. Like I do it all. You have your I own podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. I have own yeah. podcast. Um, I do vlogs. I, I do it all. And then I also, that Megan W. Gallagher, that's for my Instagram, Facebook, everything. Um, and I also am very excited for this new book, which will be out April 5th. I'm so grateful and excited. And it's going to be paperback and ebook. Oh, um, awesome. 
it will be available on Amazon, my website, and some bookstores here in Nashville, but I'm really excited to get it out. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. What a work of labor for the past year then. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to read it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino, produced and edited by Alia Ballas. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music and was brought to you by Style Canada. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly. But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.